welcome to the comeback episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. With Francesca, Melissa, Emily, and Becca. Oh, snap, crackle, and pop, my friends. We're back. We back. We out you. We missed y'all. Oh, we missed y'all so much. This is wild. And we're in the studio, too. We're not doing stuff on Zoom right now. I know. That's why we all sound like we in a hole, 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 hole. And you're not going to hear Fran go alien because she's driving around in her car trying to do a show. I mean, I might still go under the table just for fun. Fran, just because it's been a while. Yeah. Let me quiz you. Where are we airing right now? I mean, we at WRR 97.5. Something, I don't know. 106.5, the beat, I don't know. Blasphema! All right, I, I'm pretty sure I know where we at. We've only done it for five years, I got it. WRRLP 97.3 FM, Richmond. Independent radio, but we're actually your community radio station. Hey, Queen. Girl, you have done it again. Hi, we're back, and we're better than ever because we have grown our ranks. Yes. It's really nice to be able to share our platform with people who know more about the schools than we do. Yeah. And have more patience for that kind of those words. So as is tradition mm-hmm. here in these lands, mm-hmm. we're going to allow our new co-hosts yes. the opportunity to control their own narratives and introduce themselves. Hey. Okay, guys, my name's Emily Cavanaugh. It's my 11th year as an RPS parent. I'm super excited to be the couch on RVA Dirt because I work from home from my couch, do the school board meeting live tweets from my couch, and I'm just super excited to be here with you guys and talk to you about yours truly and his very wisdomous takes. (laughs) Make you all laugh when I can. I'm going to pass it on to my other half, education uh, reporter extraordinaire, Becca. Hi guys. Yeah, so I'm Becca Duval. I'm a parent of two RPS kids. I don't do maths well, so I don't know how many years, but many. <laughs> um, and I am excited to share all the shenanigans that I see watching our local school board. Huzzah. Yes. Uh, excuse me. Wait a what minute. What was that? I, uh, uh, don't we don't we just love when guests take over the damn show? Always. And of course, of course it's this one. It's the illustrious former Mr. Six One. Still Mr. Six One. No, 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 no. F- former. Former Mr. Six One. Now Mr. Expensive Ass Body Wash. <laughs> but I bet you smell good over there, sir. I feel seen. You know I see you. RVA Dirt. Happy to be back. Uh, thank y'all for having me. So Heather Dawn. That's Melissa. Promised a cape. I guess it's been about four years ago now. <laughs> Hold on. Who the hell are you, by the way? <laughs> that part. <laughs> oh, you figure your voice should just like transcend yeah. needing to name yourself? Yeah, he's the, he's the great one. I do believe I'm the most frequent guest on RVA Dirt. You made us believe, put clothes on our backs, you sacrificed for us. <laughs> You're the real MVP. Okay. Yeah, this dude is a frequent flyer. He he should have his green jacket slash green cape jacket. at some point. He has yeah. won the Masters of showing up on this mm. program. Mm-hmm. But I'm Tykeen Cooper. I'm still Tykeen Cooper. Still. Um, now of Richmond. That's oh. right. Oh, formerly of Richmond for all the, the haters and doubters out there. You know. I mean, it's, I, I it's can't speak to that. It's official, but right? I'm a registered voter in Richmond, y'all. Hey. Hey, hey. 
Okay. Okay. What do you do, though? Well, that's an interesting question. For the past four and a half years, I've had the privilege of leading Virginia Excels. But uh, as of January 31st, I'll be leaving Virginia Excels and accepting a new role that's not public yet. Mm. Congratulations. Are we going to get an exclusive? It can't. When it ain't public time, yet. When it's time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I do think there are some opportunities for us to expound more about my new role and opportunities for young people here in the city. Excellent. Hey, okay. We always like to hear that. Okay. Well, we've got a lot of stuff that we can talk about. We're gonna pack in as much as <laughs> time allows. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we will. All right. So where where would we like to begin? We do have a, a laundry list of things. Let's focus on some education, okay? Because Virginia's going through it mm. right now. RPS in Richmond, always going through it. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk to our noobs yeah, and um, also our, our, education, our education, education guru uh, over here. Correspondence. It's such a fancy word. Nerd alert! Let our education correspondence, you know, get their, get their feet wet a little bit, you know? Yeah, what do y'all want to know? Where should we start? There's so much. Oh, well, yeah. So tell us about your journey. How did you get here? Oh, well, That's by way of one. you, my friend. Oh, don't put uh, me in this. <laughs> <laughs> About a year ago, I got drawn in to the public school arena when my kid's school burned down. And I knew intuitively that you know we've had these underfunded school districts and there was only so much we were ever able to do for any one budget priority. And maintaining the schools just wasn't one of them. So I did a march for school funding for school infrastructure after the school burned down and um, that was for the community and I brought the kids out and so I'm really passionate about teaching and and getting the community involved in all kinds of ways and getting them interested and so I am here by way of that advocacy and it's sort of the rabbit hole that it has led me down and the friendships that it has brought to life over the last year and you know it's a horrible tragedy to have endured but it's, you know, a lot of lemonade out of these lemons. I started small. I got really mad about elementary school homework when my kid was little and knew it was a waste of time and knew there was no reason that we needed to be fighting at the kitchen table instead of reading books. And so it started from there. And then I got really mad that my kid had a dress code and wasn't allowed to wear spaghetti strap dresses. And so it just started from there. So then I got bigger from the school into the school board. And then one day I made a lot of people mad when I stole a lunch and brought it to the school board and then started meeting people. Stole a lunch? We got criminals. I've been a bad, bad girl. You didn't. I'm, I'm sorry. I Melissa, how'd you background, pass the background check, check? Didn't pick that up. I thought we did a background check. What the? Was yeah. it a nasty school lunch? It was a terrible school lunch. It was a nasty. The cheese was <laughs> melted and didn't melt because it was cold, mm. and mm. nobody knew what the meat was, nor did the menu. Oh. Oh. Ow! Real mystery meat. It mystery. was meat. Oh, I better okay. call the Scooby Gang out. All right. Oh. So, we're going to start big and then come small. So, let's go statewide first. Yeah. How is our illustrious Governor Youngkin treating y'all? Oh, 
Not not great. Well, we could use more. How's that? We could use more. Always. We could always use more. He is not fully funding our at-risk funding, which um, helps districts like ours be able to meet more of the student needs because we have a disproportionate amount of needs. I am sure that our guests can speak to this, uh, elaborate more than, than I can. We have a state funding model per pupil that disadvantages us because we're in a pretty wealthy area with high property values and high salaries, but our student body does not reflect that. And the state doesn't take that into account when they decide how much we deserve. And so we're just, you know, we're limping along. We have a funding cap uh, for support personnel that has not been lifted since the recession. Gosh, how much time do I have? Because we could keep this going. Uh, <laughs> it might just end up being the whole show. The long and short of it is we need more. Yeah. I heard him on CNN today talking about, you know, the kids at Fairfax who didn't get their certificates for their awards. You know, so I think next Yunkin should really be looking for like a PTA spot up there. (laughs) I I really think that that would be a solid move for him. He really seems to put a lot of focus. Are we coming out with trees? We got shady ass trees already. Well, well, so Emily, I'll say this. I don't know if if you can be on the PTA if your kids don't go to school there, right? Like, mm, Good, solid point. Solid point. But, hmm. you know, that's been one of my largest criticisms here in the city is that I don't have students who attend RPS, so obviously I can't be uh, interested or concerned about the things that are happening, which, you know, I find intriguing. But nevertheless, one thing that Becca said that I, I just want to kind of go back on one of the reasons why when we talk about the funding formula in, in the Commonwealth, we call it the Local Composite Index. LCI. Super complicated. I don't think I'm equipped to uh, to share it in this in this short segment. But the big problem we have in Richmond is that the LCI is based upon the assessed tax value, mm-hmm. not what the city actually generates. Correct. And so a large percentage of the property in our beloved city of Richmond, is tax exempt because it's state owned, it's a federal building, churches, etc. And so the LCI says, oh, Richmond's generating all of this revenue and they should be able to contribute more to schools than what Richmond's actually uh, generating. Mm-hmm. And so we need to do something to create like some innovative partnerships. Some places they call them pilots, payments in lieu of taxes. Uh, but I think we have to do something so, or we have to radically transform the funding formula. I'd argue we need to do a little bit of both, but yeah, we have to do more. We need more. I want to go back to something real quick uh, that you alluded to. I want to talk about non-parents having a stake in the school system and why it matters that everyone care about what's happening in your school district, whether you have a child in that district or not. Anybody want to jump in on that? Oh, gosh, can I? Please. Because mm-hmm. how do we expect, I mean, the pandemic should have taught us this, right? When we all melted down over the shutting down of our schools and what a disruption that was to our economy. It allows both parents to go to work. It allows both those jobs to then be filled in the community. That's the pharmacist that's not out on break because there's somebody else to 
plug in. You know, it's it is so fundamental to our state, our country that we have these schools and that they work and that parents can rely on them. And you know, I mean, if we're getting down to the nitty gritty, these students end up being those pharmacists. How are we going to get the next generation for our workforce. So you're saying that the children are our future? Uh, you know, it's almost <laughs> like that's the case. And uh, mm. we're, we're really failing them right now. We're failing them. And so I don't care if you've got zero kids, a million kids in the district, long since graduated from the district. It doesn't matter. It's all impacting you. And I, I really hope, you know, to be able to share some insights on on how that's the case and and make the pitch for how it's really if we're all standing together we can fix it but it's so easy I mean my parents are visiting I grew up in Loudoun County very different school landscape but I always was in public schools and the environment that my parents last walked out of when I graduated you know not been back in a public school building since it is so dramatically different in the hum de hum years since i graduated and it the is what? the 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 hum- <laughs> the your business how many years <laughs> <laughs> and it's so important cuz you're only if you're a parent you're only involved in it for you know, 12 years 13 years and you, you can't turn a blind eye to it once that window is is closed and you can't turn a blind eye to it before you're there yeah i mean honestly this has been one of the criticisms that i've heard since i've been here and it's pretty laughable right because some of those people who have said to me like oh well you don't have children here you don't understand i'm like i'm thinking to myself like neither do you <laughs> some of those same people right but fundamentally across the country since january 6 2021 mm-hmm. you know that that dark day in american history right We've been talking about fighting for democracy and fundamentally a vibrant public school system. It's like one of the tenets of democracy that we must have. Mm -hmm. And I always look at it as, you know, we either invest now, we're going to invest later. And, you know, we talk about you name any place that you go there, talk about an employee shortage. Right. If we aren't preparing students to take these jobs, who will take them? And so truthfully, you know, I think. We must invest in our students and prepare them for the ever-changing global economy. But, you know, when we talk about gun violence prevention, which is one of those things we hear a lot in this city, right? Gun violence, gun violence, gun violence. One of the best forms of prevention is giving them a great education. And so I'm always going to step up. I'm always going to fight for democracy. I'm going to stand up for what's right. And, hey, I'm a big boy. I, I can take the criticism. At the end of the day, this is something that we must do. And I think we see the value and the need to enhance our public schools to truly change outcomes for children. And, you know, something I've been I've been thinking about a lot is how do we guarantee equality of opportunity? We can't guarantee outcomes, but if we give everyone the opportunity to have a great outcome, I think then we can say we're successful. Right. On a less noble note, if you are still like, well, F them kids, how many people on city council, how many people in the House of Delegates got their start on the school board? That's a good way to really get to know those folks on a closer level. A lot of people use the school board as a jumping off point for good or for bad. Yeah. We talk about that all the time. Oh, we sure do. How school board is, is the, that's the, the inflection point for our local politics, which is actually sad that we... That's how people test out their political careers, playing with our kids' education, but, you know. That is always a hot topic for us. (laughs) 
Let's delve into our local school board then. So we've got some new leadership that has been very interesting. and We do. That was a jaw dropper. Yeah, that was um, January 2nd. Yeah. A date which will live in infamy. I would say that there were some sour grapes that night. Yeah, mm. um, there still are. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> it ain't about grapes. It's about you our know, kids. It is. Yes, Stephanie Rizzi is our new chair. That was a unanimous vote. She is holding them to the rules. She is... (laughs) I like how, like, the symbiotic relationship between you two is really cute. We are two brains. For for listeners. One brain brain and two bodies. One brain and two people, yes. For listeners, these two are very simpatico. It's Mm -hmm. really interesting. Mm -hmm. Anyway, continue. Uh, Yeah, Rizzi is really holding them to a lot of their board norms. She is not letting them talk more than their six minutes per topic. Praise the Lord, saints. I mean, it's really a wonderful thing to see. It's absolutely wonderful. Her co-chair, not President Miss White, chair. Her co-chair is Cheryl Burke. So we've got somebody from the former board majority and board mm-hmm. minority, and mm-hmm. they seem to be working really well together. So that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, um, how did how did Dr. Ten Ten take the news? Mm. You know, she's still on occasion answering to chair. Uh, she is still on occasion mm. jumping in to uh, thank Mr. Cameras for his presentation when it is not, you know, her Aww. time. Oh, it's just like right in 2023, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> Take a little time to get used to. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It, there's yeah. an adjustment period. I And I, I will say this. I think that everybody is very, very much rooting for Rizzy. Yes. I don't think that's necessarily the issue. I, I do think that, you know, it was a job that uh, the former chair really held near and dear. So it's just hard to let go. Mm. Change is hard. That's a nice way to put that, that she held that, <laughs> that, that, that situation nice near and dear. That's cute. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but like, let's talk about the real hero of that moment, Mariah White. I mean, where? Just bravo, you know? <laughs> I mean, she was the architect according to everything that seemed to have taken place and just really bravo. I don't know where she came up with that, but it was... It was a stealthy move, too. It was a stealthy move, yes. Nobody was more surprised than the people who were nominated. I know. Now, I guess her her strategy was bringing the, the old guard and the new together, right, to have some form of harmony. What did you call it? The, the unity ticket? Oh, yes, I did. I called it the unity ticket. And I, I really do. I love it. And I, we saw evidence of it already working. We saw that they had their, their agenda their documents up. She must be playing some behind the scenes role and making sure that people get their requests in and their questions. And she's, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just, I'm wildly impressed. Uh, We do still, I'll call it the hangover from the former board. Hmm. We have an agenda that was still 17 items long and I won't I mean, talking about the length of an agenda is, you know, in in the weeds for school board talk. But what that means, it's a super long meeting and you never get the good discussion on each item because you're rushing through it. Mm -hmm. And so we're we're just going to have to, you know, hopefully little by little, we're able to whittle that down and actually make some decisions. Because really the problem was that we weren't making decisions. We kept asking for more and more information and kicking the can down the road. And that has led us to where we are now. So as we're talking about, that's a perfect segue, as we're talking about kicking the can down the road, how do you guys feel like, you know, now we've had some changes since we're talking about new changes, where we've also had some changes to city council, got new leadership too. What do you think that looks like? 
Well, I'm, I'm going to turn this on its head because I actually had a question for you. I wondered, based on your okay. um, understanding of the mm-hmm. uh, different personalities in the mix, do you think we're finally going to see board leadership and council leadership jive? Like, are they going to – how are I, they going to dance? I think it's going to be interesting because Mike Mike is um, Councilman Jones. Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. <laughs> no, he does not have an issue telling people what he thinks or how he thinks or – I mean, even when he's all by himself and other folks don't agree, he's like, this is what I think. No, that's not how he says, dude. Yeah, he does. <laughs> dude, dude, <laughs> dude. Dude, where's my car? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, yeah, that's exactly what he says. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see because, you know, Rizzy, I believe, is reachable. She's She's listening. I think she's learned a lot from sitting on the board and maybe now is understanding the learning curve of what's happened previously. And I think people will have their own opinions of what was wrong with the previous board or or what wasn't working. I won't say wrong, what wasn't working with the previous board. But when you have a school board who's dictating from, you know, the, the, the school board dais, how the mayor should run the city or how, you know, all these other things that are frankly, just outside of their purview, right? Instead of a lot of the things that they should be talking about, like, you know, student curriculum and student mm-hmm. achievement, and those types of things. Or or maybe just the focus. We, we could say that the focus at some points were hyper-focused in other areas and very loosely scattered in others. I think there's been a learning curve and I think there's been a, a major adjustment. And I, I'm going to hope that that visually, that that my assessment, that's what it is. And I hope that that is the case. And one thing I can tell you is that if she's willing to work together and, and find compromise and not, you know, want to basically dictate how the city handles, you know, school board and, and how you know, they interact trying to, I guess, strong arm that relationship. I think that they'll probably have a, a much better relationship, more so like it was previously with other boards, you know. And I think that's going to be a much bigger conversation that we'll talk about because we're in budget season right now. And, you know, that's a, an even bigger, like... Oh, man, we'll probably have to do two shows on that. Yeah, that's, that's going to be <laughs> a, a show, at least by itself. But, you know, we've had some really big asks. I mean, every year we have a really huge ask, I feel like, from... RPS and you know we'll say it and continue to say it this is the first mayor that we've had that's fully funded Richmond Public Schools and gave them what they asked for and so it's difficult when the ask keeps getting bigger right and we have to keep finding the money somewhere and it does not grow in the seats of City Hall unfortunately when you don't get the economic development projects that bring the money in you kind of have to find the the multiply button or I don't know maybe there's like a Super Mario coin like you know game that we haven't discovered I don't know maybe but we need to eat the mushroom right isn't that what gets right, us eat the mushroom, but we're, find but yourself a we haven't figured out where the mushrooms to jump into. Like which which street are the mushrooms on like <laughs> right we haven't found them so before we wrap schools and move on to city council yeah uh let's talk quickly about what this budget ask is going to be just quickly. It's the 35 biggest. million. 35 million. <laughs> 24 million of that is the collective bargaining agreement from the um, Richmond Education Association. That's okay. uh, two thirds of it. 
uh, yeah. that's over. That's an increase, yes. uh, to be yeah. clear, because last year was something like 201, 210. I don't know, dyslexic. I, I might be switching this. Like that. Yeah, so that's that's a pretty penny. I did the math earlier this week, and it's something to the effect of 54, 53% of the city's uh, real estate revenue. So that's certainly a big Ooh. chunk of the pie. Yes. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that how that works and you definitely going to have to work together to mm-hmm. make that work and what those relationships are going to, you know, be built on. That's a big thing. You know, the mayor creates the budget and it, then it goes to council to basically balance and figure out who's going to get the, the small coins and the big coins and the little coins and no coins. So make sure when you're mad about the budget, you direct your anger in the proper place, mm-hmm. which is city council. Mm-hmm. Cool. Speaking of... Let's segue on into that. Woo! City Council, they've got new leadership. Again, Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Who? (laughs) (laughs) The president is now Mike Jones, and uh, the Veep is Kristen Nye. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually an excellent combination. It's a good balance. It is a nice balance. It's a good balance. It's a good balance. So I'm, I'm eager to see where that's going to go. And I'm also very eager. I think it's good to just go ahead and know Mike is running for um, something. House of Delegates. Yes, he is running for a House of Which district? Which district? Uh, something. 70 something. I don't know. It 70, don't matter. Whatever. It doesn't, he's running for 11 something. 70 millionth. He's, he's running. running for something. Uh-huh. And, and we cross our fingers that he gets on the ballot this time. But some people were concerned, oh, well, you know, if he's running for something else, is he going to have any time to make any change or do anything significant as president? But, but that's what that's what's going to push him to do it. Yep. Like, I mean, he's going to I'm sure he was going to do a great job anyway. Like he's done lots of cool things while he's been on council thus far. But I would argue that that's the best place and space to show, really show and prove to show your constituents to your future district that, hey, I'm. I'm about that life, right? Look, and I and I think that's a great space to to lead from. So and the I, I'm president really turns over see. every year. Yeah, so he's got time. He's got a year yeah. to make his mark in that yep. that position. And uh, and if you hopes. don't know this about Mike, like he's seventy seven. Seventy seven. Thank you. Seventy seven. Mister Cooper. Yes. He's he's good about finding common ground amongst folks to get things done and. I think that's a good space to be in as the president and also have that pressure of wanting to show and prove running for a seat. So, you know, that's an important, I think that's an, an important level of pressure to have. So I think it's going it's gonna to probably move some stuff for the city. Having uh, Kristen Nye as vice president, who's, you know, quite moderate, mm-hmm. very much to the center, maybe a little, little skosh to the right there, mm-hmm. will bring a steadying hand in some aspects, too, because sometimes we get a little hot, we get a little excited on city mm-hmm. council, you know, sometimes we need to simmer. And it's nice to have that kind of balanced, measured thought process. Yeah. So, ooh, I sounds think like we've something. got some friends practicing downstairs. Uh, here. Good times. I think that's something to note, too. You know, council, I, and I know this because I've, I've talked to, we've, over the period of time, different councils and that have turned over. Council strives to try to find the largest balance they can in their votes when they're doing something, especially that's really important for the city. They like to, you know, really try to get everybody on, on board and really discuss how is this going to impact us. And they really try to vote unanimously on, on things when they can, right? And that's their goal. It's very interesting to see, you know, I, I would love to see that level of movement because for the last several years, we've watched school board not operate that way. So right. it would be very five interesting. Five to four. Five to four. Yeah, I, I would. I would love to see that type of 
movement, just understanding. And I think I'm not saying that people on council don't disagree because, you know, Reva will jump up in there and give you some nish nosh and hey, quick, you know, on something. So I'm not saying I'm not saying that they always agree. I'm just saying that. But they goal, come to a consensus. They try to come they to a consensus. Try. They try to come to a, this is where we are and we would like to show the city this show of, of you know, completeness about because it's an important decision, right? It would be great to see folks on school board have that same level of just feeling, knowing and understanding that their decisions are equally as important and, and operate in the same way. That would be really phenomenal. Great. Maybe respect Robert's rules of order. I mean, I don't know. Well, I think we'd probably need to send out like, Robert's Rules of Orders for Dummies to a lot of these. Um, Gift wrap it with, a, with some chocolate. Yeah, because I've, ne- I've noticed that in a lot of these, not just that, but like these organizations and stuff, I've never experienced more flim-flam and all over the place in all my life. What do you think the difference is? Because you mentioned before prior iterations of school board working together and that just, t- tell, tell me a story. Tell me a story of a simpler time when they actually got Along, I mean, I think it's. I think it was just. We noticed a a a very clear shift when you had a. a, I mean, and not to say that this doesn't exist in politics. It exists in politics where people build coalitions and they build teams and they build even even you know voting you know just teams, right? But for me, I think it was very clear. We watched folks kind of form an alliance and that alliance definitely had an agenda. We still haven't figured out what that agenda was yet. I mean, I, I feel like it was to fire cameras. I feel, I have a very strong inclination. That's what it was. It hasn't happened yet, so I don't know, but that's my that's my inclination. But there wasn't that like was Survivor Island alliances before this particular No, like, cuz it was it was basically like board. people just voting yeah. and then you would have yours truly be like, "Well, four scores in 5 years ago." And then he would be like, "I'm going to abstain." And that was the that was that's all we got. <laughs> you know? Like that was that was the excitement. Oh, good time. That was the excitement. Right. But you know, now we it was I mean, it's it's some harsh going on in the background mm-hmm. preparing for these votes and stuff and people arguing and cussing each other out and having wild conversations. I mean, it's, it's wild. So I don't know. Like, I, I think, I mean, clearly you can see based on all of this, you know, emailing back and forth to the city and what you going to, you know, we want to do this and this is this this needs to change and blah, blah. And it's like at the same time, then you turn around and you've got like student achievement is like, wow. And then when these things are being presented at school, means like, oh, my God. I had no idea. I know, because you're doing the wrong <laughs> You worried about some other <laughs> and you're not doing what the <laughs> I mean, Scar, see, look. They got me, I'm you're upset. You're giving me a challenge. First episode back, I'm stoked. <sighs> yeah, well, but they don't, that's, 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 I think that's what it is. I just think that's what it is. I think agendas got in the way, and we had people in place that, that came with agendas, and that's normal in politics. The problem is the agenda should probably serve the purpose of the constituency, or at least serve the, the purpose of the well, greater good of the people. You said that's normal in politics. Mm-hmm. The school board should not be politics. There well, you go. It the shouldn't school be. board should be children. Yeah, but it's not though. And we j- and you answered your own question earlier when you said most politicians get their starting point on school board, and that's where the problem is because you start with it there, and then we go to the the influx of I'm gonna be a politician. 
All right, so we're going to wrap it up a little bit here with some of the goals that City Council has laid out for themselves uh, this year. And then, obviously, we want Coop to have a chance to talk know, to us. opine about whatever it is is on his mind, because uh, <laughs> that's why we ask him here. Right off the bat, uh, President Jones says he wants to reduce gun violence, mm-hmm. don't we all, right? Like, mm-hmm. So that's a goal. We're going to keep them. We know on, why. Yeah. yeah, We know why. Rising property assessments and reevaluating the real estate tax. I will say from personal experience, my assessment jumped 60k mm. and i didn't do jack to mm. my house in the past five years so is it the mini mansion riddle me that is it a mini mansion that's two blocks away from your house maybe you that's sh- what maybe that's what that's what i'm saying it, that's what it is yeah. Okay. <laughs> Job creation apparently is a big deal for everyone, and um, they're hoping that these city center development plans uh, will be drawn up and approved. Uh, there have been five proposals so far to come in and tear down the Coliseum and redevelop that area. Hmm. Do we feel strongly either way about that? Does anybody care? Anyone? Hmm. <laughs> I mean... And then, as always, housing and support for our homeless citizens. Uh, Shelter solutions are always a hot topic. At the past city council meeting at the beginning of uh, this month, uh, we did have uh, a paper adopted where we'll get a new emergency shelter for men on 3rd Avenue in Highland Park. Uh, It'll be operated by the 5th Street Baptist Church. And of course, of course, every NIMBY, every white, (laughs) NIMBY in Highland Park came out to uh, decry all of the trash and drugs Mm. and shenanigans. Not in my neighborhood. Yeah. And sex work, apparently, that will be brought by houseless citizens. Mm. Please tell me, how are these um, homeless men going to pay for sex with these professionals? I don't know. They should wonder why they... Newports? I know a lot of people in in houses that's on OnlyFans. Okay, go ahead. I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, go ahead, go ahead. whatever, whatever, y'all. It was adopted. Y'all are going to just have to suck it up, buttercups. It's coming. They'll be all right. And I, for one, support it wholeheartedly. But, you know, and I'm a neighbor. There you go. Housing in general. Our housing situation here is garbage. At, per usual. Per usual. So, you know, we got a lot of empty market rate apartments and condos uh, flying up everywhere. And uh, nowhere well, for anybody who, you know, makes no money to live. How are they going to pay for That's what I want to How people going to pay for How are they going to pay for it? I don't pay for it. And then before we go, let's jump really quickly to some hot topics statewide. Mm-hmm. We have a major election coming up, mm-hmm. coming out of nowhere in February, <laughs> <laughs> where uh, Jen McClellan and Leon Benjamin. Uh, Who Leon just Benjamin, will not go away. Oh, my God. Away. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Mister, I'm going to salute the flag on some sweaty man's <sighs> shirt. Gosh. Because it's that important, right? I hadn't heard that, but gross. Yes. He won't I, go away. He will not go away. I witnessed this. It was really, it was an impressive feat. I uh, had, a, had a crowd of about 20 people turn around and pledge allegiance to a sweaty, like an sweaty man's movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Good yeah. times. So they'll be running against each other for mm-hmm. the late Donald McEachin's 4th District yep. House seat. So go vote. And um, voting has already actually started. Yeah, if you want to yeah. vote early, vote. It's, mm-hmm. it's your shot to do that. If you want to vote in person, go do that too. Uh, your local polling place will be open on, was it February 5th? I think if I is. don't remember, I'll just come back and add it in later. February 21st. So make sure you go out there, vote your civic duty. 
Mm-hmm. It's the one thing that you gotta do to be a true American. If you don't, shut the hell up. <laughs> and then, obviously, our resident pervert in the General Assembly mm. is wreaking havoc for his soon-to-be ex-wife. We'll update you on the next show about that because this is a developing story. Also, hashtag support Myrna. Yeah, I think this this might be Richmond's opportunity to have our own series of surviving Joe Morrissey. Like For real. It's probably time. It's probably time. But yeah, this is going to be a lot. Well, uh, before we go, Mr. Cooper, thanks for hanging with us. Coop, Coop and I got something we want to talk about. Okay, do oh, it. Wait, 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 wait. You know, we've got we've had some recent interesting things happen in Richmond as, you know, cuz this is the time when folks are prepping for campaigns. You know, we just had uh, the the recent, you know, financial reports go live, you know, so folks are looking at those things and, you know, peeping at and seeing who's serious and who ain't. It's it's just interesting. I think we also had somebody that um made some, you know, I don't know what they were doing. They were like, yeah, we got some endorsements, and the endorsements weren't endorsements. And it's it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time for candidates, right? And I think it's important that we talk about this. So, you know, Heather Don, I want you to hook us up with some some good sounds right here. But one of my favorite modern-day philosophers, you know, the late Notorious B.I.G., had a song entitled The Ten Crack Commandments. And it was life lessons on for all of our um, crack dealers, which I do not endorse or, or tell y'all that you should um, do that. But anyway, um, some great life lessons in this song, in this in this piece of art. But I think, you know, we talk about what candidates should and should not do. And, you know, it's a lot going on. And we have all these candidate incubators that, you know, we won't name or whatever. But, you know, they, they, they do what they can. But I don't think they're prepping these candidates for the the showdown that they they come across. So I've taken it upon myself with the help of um No, you, you know, took this upon yourself. Don't, don't put did, me into this. I did. You you had you had two seconds of you know, two seconds of contribution there, Mr. Forty Dollar Body Wash. But I took it a, I took it upon oh. myself to put together the ten candidate commandments and we're gonna just leave that we're gonna leave our show with that. Melissa gonna give us some good sounds, but we're just gonna talk about this. <laughs> Know your constituency. A lot of y'all out here running, and y'all don't know who is going to be voting for y'all, and so that's probably why y'all are coming out of y'all mouth with policy projections that don't have anything to do with the constituency of the district that you're even running for. So that might be a problem. Make reasonable campaign promises. You know what I'm saying? You know, my mom used to say, don't don't let your mouth write checks that your ass can't cash. You know, well, we probably will lead with, you know, don't write don't let your mouth write checks that your campaign or your policy can't cash. Some of y'all be making promises that don't even have nothing to do with the office that you're running for, but it's fine. Three, you know, politicos watch policy and records, voters watch ads. And that just is, again, maybe another piece of, you know, a B, part B, to knowing your constituency. Politicos like us, we watch what you're doing in your record. The voters watch those very expensive TV ads and those, you know, mailers and handlit that you pass out with misspellings on it that, you know, they, they looking at that. So, you know, let's just let's just be on point with that stuff and watch that, you know? Likes and retweets don't vote. Unfortunately, they're cool and they feel nice, you know, but they, they don't really go to the ballot box. Twitter's not real life. 
Yeah, so, you know, you might want to ease up on the social media and, like, you know, write some real policy or something. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe. You want to catch up on some of these or you... you you scared. What you okay. doing over there, sir, being He's, all quiet? What you here for? He's scared, man. He's scared, I guess. I don't know. Mm. I, I know a lot of people won't like this, and I don't always agree with it either because I think that, you know, it's it sucks that it's got to be that way. But, hey, a broke campaign is a struggling campaign. If you can't run a lucrative campaign, you you finna look crazy because you're not going to be able to pay the volunteers. You're not going to be well, volunteers, volunteer, but you're not going to be able to pay the people that you need to pay to do the things that need to be done to look professional. And you're going to end up with some some craziness going on um, and miss out on good opportunities. And it's just, it's just common sense. Don't call yourself a progressive candidate and then you expect everybody to work on your campaign for free and you're not paying them because, yeah, that's crazy. Endorsements are a formal agreement in, in writing mind you, you know, that if negotiated appropriately should include a trade-off or a benefit, you know, so if you're asking the mayor, per se, for an endorsement, um, you know, first of all, you should want it to be a valuable trade-off. You probably won't have anything to give to him that's valuable to his political whatever, I don't know, but asking for something. Can I get a mailer with you? Can you give me a mailer? Can you give me a, you know, like, get on a call with me? Can I get your call list, your donor list? Like, get something out of it. Y'all are just out here looking for a social media endorsement, which don't mean nothing, but whatever. Donations equal deposit. A lot of people out here talking about, oh, I got so-and-so pledged me something, and they said, and they said, but the bank does not cash pledges, so it don't count if you didn't deposit it. So there's that. And no matter how prepared your campaign is, it ain't real until you file. So I don't really want to talk to you about like all your other stuff and what you're doing, what you're not going to do, what you're going to do, who you're going to hire, and all these other things until you file. So you can be the coolest. That's the cool story, you know, but like until you file, like I don't, it doesn't matter. Hopes and dreams ain't official. Fallacy. Yeah. So don't ask to be on the show. Hopes and dreams. Unless you're official, official. Hopes and dreams. Signed, stamped. It's cool, though. It's cool. Cool the story. The dog has not eaten your uh, form. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. no. Or, or like, you didn't even do the form. Like, you haven't even tried to file. But you're on social media everywhere doing stuff. It's cool. I, you know, It's a cool story. Cool story. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Number nine. No policy ever got passed on a vote of one. Okay. Politics requires alliances and and team building. I don't know anybody that ever passed anything, you know, voting by themselves, which was cool. So yeah, you read into that any way you want to. And this is a great and very, very important one. Politics is not transactional. Relationships matter. Build the relationships with your constituents, with your fellow politicians, with your lobbyists, with the neighbor next door, with the people that you expect to work in your campaign, with the people that you expect to vote for you, and with the people that's talking about you on social media, because they could potentially not talk to you next time. I don't know. Cool. What you got to say? You, I, I, I've never seen you speechless. So I know, I'm, I'm, I'm just blown I'm away. I'm concerned, actually. I'm blown away. <laughs> I'll check his pulse. I know. So one of the conversations that I've had over the past several weeks 
with a number of people is that I can tell a lot about a person politically when they entered. And no, this isn't me gatekeeping, but I'm just highlighting that people who started paying attention to politics since the election of 2008, mm-hmm. a lot of them, their understanding of politics comes from scandal and House of Cards. Yeah. And the nature of those shows are extremely transactional and zero-sum advocacy, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's my way or it can't happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that culture has permeated around the country when we talk about the industry of public service now. And I think that's dangerous. And so, you know, we talk about some of the issues that we've seen over the years, nationally, internationally, and sometimes locally is how willing are people to compromise to reach a common goal, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I learned really, really early on, this is my 24th year in electoral politics in Virginia in one way or another is that most of the time we have, we we want to reach the same end. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we go about it a different way, like our means are different. And so how do we find ways to like communicate with people and say, hey, like I don't necessarily agree with your approach, but we have the same goal, so let's find a way for us to get there. And I think that's what we need more of when we talk about public service and people who are aspiring to serve, like this is service, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think communication but also being like a willing listener and willing to to collaborate. You know, I, I think those are things that I look for when I decide who I'm supporting in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Don't be hard headed. Y'all doing a lot of that too. That's cool. You guys, I this has been a, a a treat. I would say a delighted treat at the end of you know the pandemic, panda bear, pandemonium, pandemic. It's over. We outside. We are outside. Yeah, we outside. We're just trying to live in this brave new world. Yes. So we outside. This has been a a, a delight, and we're so happy to be back on with you guys. We promise we're going to be on and at it, and we're excited to be back. We didn't. We never left. We just were in the work in another space. So we're glad to be back on this platform. And um, so where were y'all? I mean. You know, Heather Dawn beat cancer. Mm-hmm. Like, shout you out. Thanks. Um, mm-hmm. uh, did I make news there? No. Mm-mm. Not oh, at all. okay. No, okay. but thanks. But, yeah. You know. Heather Dawn beat cancer. You know, Fran has um, <laughs> what has been caretaking for a number of people mm-hmm. with the cancer diagnosis. Like, mm-hmm. so I mean, yeah, y'all haven't been here, but we we appreciate the service that y'all bring to the larger community and so allow me to use this personal privilege <laughs> for those of y'all don't know I'm the only person that grew an inch and a half after my 30th birthday <laughs> here we go here but we go. I, I, I wanted to here give you all your proverbial flowers like thank y'all for always showing it. up so we appreciate it we, we do appreciate it. it and we always appreciate your willingness to come on here and uh, shoot the with us yeah and we appreciate y'all showing up for us y'all supported us during this process and it's it's been a, a hard one we hate it you know not being able to do what we love but we're back we back we're back we're back. So we appreciate y'all. You know, we always got a closer. You know, Flint still has dirty water, and I'm most certainly sure that Petersburg does too. But now since we got, you know, a Republican governor who keeps shouting out Petersburg, maybe they finna get a whole lot of other stuff too. Hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, Built Ford Tough. Hey. Oh. You know oh. what I'm saying? Hey, throw that little shade in there. You know what I mean? 
Y'all fitting right in. <laughs> I'm saying RPS is, was was fully funded and it's budget season, so we gonna see what them cotton corns gonna shake, eh? And you know Richmond is most certainly still racist, but we working on it every day. Every day. Love y'all. Talk to you in two weeks. Hey. Hey. All right. <laughs>